Have you ever stopped to count just how many ways that potential and paying customers could get in touch with you? If you've had that niggling suspicion that you have way too many tabs open and you need to cut back on some, it could be because you have so many lines of communication open with your clients and they're constantly being bombarded. And not only that, you might have multiple lines of communication open with the same person and that might inadvertently be creating problems when it comes to delivering smart and efficient services or products. So if you think about it, we've got Facebook and Instagram DMs, we've got comments, we've got our email, we've got text messages, we get phone calls, we get these industry-based apps where our customers communicate with us. People can message us via Google My Business. It is actually nuts how many different ways our customers get in touch with us. And whilst we've been told this is, oh, great and amazing features, it's going to make it so much easier to get in touch with our customers. I sometimes feel like that along the way, we've lost a little bit of the ownership we have of our time and it slowly but surely eats away at our mental health. So if this is you, if you feel like you've got way too many calls on, way too many lines of communication open, but you don't quite know how to start trimming that back to make a system that's more efficient so you can then more efficiently communicate with your customers, this one's for you. This is a process I went through and I haven't looked back and I can't wait to share it with you to clear some of that mental clutter and give you a bit more peace of mind. You ready? Let's get started. You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses, and now I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned and am still learning about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses. If you're running a small business, raising small humans, and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. So I went through a period in my business where I felt like I was being pulled in about a bajillion different directions. I felt like I constantly had a stream of unanswered messages coming in. I felt like I was constantly falling behind my communications. I felt like I was always having people sort of asking, oh, did you get my message? Did you get this? Did you did you get my text? I, I, you didn't respond to this. And for the life of me, I got to this point where I'm just like, I feel like even though I'm sitting you know, at my desk at, in my home office working, I feel like I'm in a room of about a hundred people and they're all shouting at me at once. What on earth is going on? And this isn't to say that I have high maintenance clients, if anything, but I have like the most lovely sort of group of clients I could ask for. And I'm hugely grateful for the people I work with. And so I knew that right off the bat that I'm just like, I have been very carefully curating the people I work with for a long time. So I don't deal with high maintenance, needy, I want this yesterday types. People like that are just, they're not in my space anymore. I'm really grateful for that. So if that isn't it, what the heck is going on? Why do I feel like I'm being bombarded by people that don't communicate that way? And so after kind of pausing and reflecting and stepping back for a bit, I actually realized I had a a way too many devices and apps servicing as inboxes. I had way too many channels of communication open. And not only was I getting bombarded left, right and center and having to sort of jump between six, seven, eight different apps just to keep up with things, 
I'd also allowed myself to fall in the trap of communicating with my clients on half a dozen different apps. And so they might send me a request in one app and then a change in another app and then an update in another app again, not because they wanted to be deliberately confusing or um, difficult. That's, That's not it at all. I had allowed the situation to arise where I had way too many lines of communication open, even if it was just too many lines of communication open with the same person. When, when we're the service provider or the product provider, we've really got to take ownership of that space and be very clear about what the best way is for people to communicate with us if they want to do business with us. And we're the ones that have got to set the boundaries because it's not our customers' jobs to tidy up our comms for us. That is our job. And the minute we realize that we've fallen into this trap of having all these phones sort of going off, metaphorically speaking, then we can do something about it and we can set some boundaries in place to really streamline our communication so we're not having to check six, seven, eight different apps in order to make sure we've got the latest information from people trying to do business with us. And the tricky thing is, is because there's so, like social media is just so prolific in small businesses and small business marketing at the moment, the platforms are forever adding ways for our customers to connect to us. And they pitch it to us in a way that's in our best interest. Like I saw that um, Google My Business recently had released an update where customers can text you direct from Google. And the way the email came through was, isn't this great? Your customers can text you directly from finding you in a Google search. And my response was, hell no. I don't need that. I don't want people dropping in at the drop of a hat just because they found me in a Google search. Like, I don't know if that person's even remotely suitable to my products and services. So this is the other thing too, is if we make it way too easy to the point where people can contact us without first reflecting if whether we're the right person for them, you're going to get a lot of I hate using the word tire kickers because it really demeans the customer, but you're going to get a lot of people who are probably just not right for you, your products or your services, because there's no filtering there. There's no process they've had to go to to self-analyze. Is this the right thing for me? Is this the right person for me? Is this the right style for me? That's what I want to cover off today is how can we sort of set some boundaries around our communication channels so we can be giving, putting our best foot forward when it comes to communicating with potential and paying customers so we don't miss anything but we also don't have this, again, this headless chook mentality when it comes to how we do business and how we communicate with people, how we nurture people towards a sale, how we answer questions, things like that. This all sort of stemmed from me reading a really fantastic book called Tim, um, it's called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I'll drop a link in the show notes to this because that book was amazing. Like, side note, I feel like a 4-Hour Workweek is probably a little bit ambitious for me right now. But what that book did actually teach me was the philosophy of taking back ownership of your time. And that is super valuable. So before you kind of get into this idea of narrowing down your lines of communication. You first need to really believe in the fact that your time is valuable and your time is yours. Your time doesn't belong to your business, nor does it belong to your customers. Your time is yours. And so the minute you look at that as a non-renewable finite resource that is valuable, you'll have much clearer, stronger boundaries around how that time is used. It is not 
this is not a refillable cup it is not a disposable resource you only have a limited amount of time each day week month year lifetime so you need to take ownership of it and you need to make sure that you're allocating it to only the most important tasks and using it as frugally and as smart as possible so first things first i would highly recommend you read that book because that book really does sort of get your head in the game in terms of how you value your own time but so if you have or if you haven't put it on the to read list but it's really important i think to start by just having a think about all the possible ways that customers can do business with you because this will just if nothing else open your eyes to just how deep a hole we've dug and not personally but a lot of the social media platforms got a lot to answer for on this by making it so easy for customers to contact us so like you've got your regular social media like comments and things like that you've got direct messages you've got email people might text you on your phone or you might get your facebook message you're going off you're going to get phone calls there's also industry apps like i know a lot of daycare and childcare centers have their own apps which allows for communication between the teachers and the parents and then you've also got things like reviews and things like that so once you jot down everything then you might also have ones that I don't have like whatsapp snapchat and all that kind of stuff I haven't and like telegrams becoming new now so there are a lot of different ways that a customer can get in touch with you now the first thing i would highly recommend is making your inbox as in your actual email account a priority for primarily for customer calls i mean ultimately you've got to figure out what's best for you and stick to that for me i nominated email as the best way for people to get in touch with me and mainly because of the way we think about email as opposed to text messaging apps like i don't know how for how much longer this thought process will exist because i feel like it might be a slightly generational thing but i in my mind I feel like people view your email as something you still will turn off and walk away from at the end of the day. So if they send if someone sends you an email after say 5 5:30 p.m., I feel like there isn't such an inherent expectation for you to respond to that until business hours the next day because it is a business email and I think again subconsciously we have that I that notion of a business email tied to a desk in an office where the lights turn off outside business hours. So there isn't so much of an um, expectation for that to be answered immediately at any day, time of the day or night. Conversely, if customers are contacting you via Facebook Messenger or text message, there's an inherent understanding that these apps live on your phone and your phone is with you all the time. Therefore, you should be able to respond and see those all the time 24 7 wherever you are and i think this is where we become unstuck is because we allow them to communicate with us on channels that there's this inherent understanding that they're with us all the time it's not necessarily business it's personal as well so you you kind of need to navigate your own values around this and boundaries and what's going to sit right with you so that would be my best advice is to direct everyone to email you first and then what I've told my customers is that if it's important call me if it's urgent call me or if you sent me an email but you need me to put a rush on it please call me to draw my attention to it um because otherwise I won't answer that email until I check my inbox and I'm not checking my inbox 24-7 because I need to concentrate for blocks of blocks at a time, as do we all. Um, that's a trick that I picked up out of the four-hour work week was letting people know that you're only checking your inbox maybe twice a day. Let them know the times roughly that you do that and that if they email you, they should expect uh, an email back at that next check-in time, if not maybe the following one. So if they email you at, say, lunchtime, you might answer them at 2 o'clock, but you might get back to them 
the, you know, the next morning. Um, if it's urgent, they should call you. And then you can also screen calls if you're particularly busy, if you're in the middle of something really important. But that is the habit I would encourage you to get into, is telling your customers, look, this is my primary method of communication but do not expect an immediate response if you want an immediate response from me you need to call me because then I will pick up knowing that it's you're only calling me if it's urgent or super necessary and then there's also things you can do on other channels like Facebook and Instagram where you can set up autoresponders um, so what I've done for a couple of my clients say on Facebook for example if I set up an, a message autoresponder with links so what will happen is if they message their Facebook page they'll get an automatic um, message back saying hi and you can even personalize it by inserting their name hi so and so this inbox isn't checked regularly if it's urgent please call me or please email your inquiry to here and also here are a few links um, that might be helpful based on your inquiry and so I've put some general links there to their website maybe their frequently asked questions page on their website maybe their services section um, so that automated response tells them what they can do if it's urgent what they can do if it's a general inquiry and how you best prefer to communicate and some extra links just to give them an extra bit of help in the meantime or direct them to places where they can find more information from you. So you can do that on Facebook and Instagram. If you need to set that up, you can go into business.facebook.com and then you can go to the automated messages section and set that up there. And then what I would also recommend on top of that, because we do want people to engage with our content on social media, so I would recommend setting aside a bit of time, maybe once a day or once every couple of days, where you go through all your standard channels and you check for comments, check for messages, things like that, respond, maybe respond respond to reviews, if Google reviews are a really big important part of your business or Facebook reviews. So allocate a little bit of basic sort of like general communication admin time, factor that into your day, but don't kill yourself over it either. And because you'll have had all these channels set up where if it's an important inquiry, the customer is always being told where to go to direct that, then any comments, likes and shares and things like that should really be arbitrary communications. And like not that they're not important, but they're not time sensitive or critical. So by having all these little reminders and flags throughout like your website, through these automated autoresponders and things like that, um, your customers should know how to get in touch with you if it's time sensitive or urgent or important. If it's just like a comment or um, like a response to a social media post, well then that isn't urgent. You don't need to jump on that straight away. Look, there may be some corner of the algorithm that likes you to do that which might bump up your engagement, but honestly, is it worth your sanity? Is it worth your sanity to jump every time your phone pings and dings and goes off because someone's commented on a Facebook post that you've posted? Like, I've said this in other podcasts and I say this a lot when I talk with my clients. We shouldn't be so invested in social media on a granular level that we are addicted, well not addicted to, but we, we get hooked every time someone comments or likes or shares a post. We shouldn't be so in the weeds with our social media, or like marketing strategies applies to social media, that we're, we, we, we jump to attention the minute someone likes our post. We should be approaching our marketing with a much broader view than that. So if we happen to check the next morning, we see if you have liked our post, oh, that's great. But that's not the thing we were hanging out for. That wasn't, that's not what's going to substantiate and justify the whole process. That's just a nice bit that happens as part of the bigger picture. Now, you might be listening to all this and your logical brain might be nodding along and agreeing, but there is the emotional side of us that is panic-stricken that if we don't jump to attention every time someone reaches out to us regardless of how they reach out to us we might miss a sale we might annoy them we might disappoint them we might miss something important 
And look, that's a really valid fear that I feel like a lot of people, especially small business owners, have because guess what, guys? We're relentless people pleasers. Like, unfortunately, I feel like that's part of the small business ownership bag. So we love to do good for others and we're so worried about letting people down or disappointing them or not meeting their expectations. And like, that's a really hard thing to get past. And so this is actually, this exercise is a really good step in taking back ownership of your boundaries and making more of a stand about your mental health and you know creating space around that incrementally like this is a this was a really good first big step for me in terms of taking back ownership of my time and telling people out there that look if you want to do business with me I would love to do business with you but this is how it needs to work and try not to think about it in terms of being demanding or hard to deal with or needy If you think about it in terms of this is what it's going to take for me to do my best work for you, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, then it's hard. It's hard to. It's hard for them to argue with that logic, and it's hard to you for like. Hard for you to argue with that logic in and of yourself. If you're creating these boundaries and this space around you, so that when you're in work mode, you're working to the best of your ability, and you're focused, and you're productive, and you're effective, because you're not dropping everything every two seconds every time we get a text message or um, a face like a dm on facebook or instagram or someone comments on a post like if you're not being constantly distracted like that you're going to do so much higher quality work which is only going to benefit those customers so if you feel like a little bit of um, like emotional resistance to doing this and a bit of a resistance towards setting these boundaries and sticking to your guns think about it in terms of this is going to put me in the best position to do my best work for others which is what i'm here for This isn't about me being selfish, although there's nothing wrong with being selfish with your time because, hey, that creates good mental health. Like if you're taking strong ownership of the space around how your brain works, there's nothing wrong with that. Go for it. But if you need to convince yourself that you're not being selfish, you're being sensible, that's the way to do it. This is about you creating the conditions for you to be best serving your people. And then just go for it. And I, I honestly, when I did this, I was pleasantly surprised that the biggest point of resistance was me. Like once I established these boundaries and let everyone know what to expect, they were fine. And especially when I said, look, I'm worried that I'm going to miss something from you or if we have too many lines of communication open, I'm going to miss something important and I'm not going to um, do my best work for you. Can we communicate this way? The overwhelming response was sure. Sure, that makes sense. That's fine. That's that's all right. I'll, I'll call you if it's urgent, and if not, I'll just shoot you an email and wait for you to he- wait to hear back from you. Then the vast majority of people are going to be perfectly fine with this because it makes sense and it's reasonable. And if anything, it lets them know how they can best work with you to get the most out of you. It's helping them, if nothing else. So. Yeah, I found I was the biggest sticking point in establishing this system. And then once I got past my own hang-ups, man, it made a big difference in just my workflow and how I communicate with my customers. Look, look, nothing's ever perfect. And still sometimes I'll look at my inbox and it's like, well, now it's all sitting in the one spot and I'm drowning. But at least it's all in the one spot. And at least it's it's clear. I can clearly see who's like updates from individual people. What's the most recent email from this person? Like I don't have to go searching through all my platforms to find the most recent bit of communication that tells me the latest round of changes or updates or questions that they have. 
So I really hope this is another episode that has helped you get some clarity, get a bit of breathing room around your mental health and establish some boundaries that are going to make you only work at your best capacity. I really hope this alleviates some of that pressure you have from that whole running around like a headless chook mentality we'll suffer from. This is just one piece we can take out of that as we move slowly but surely more towards like sustainable marketing habits that we actually enjoy. Until next week guys, take care and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking Back Joy. And now over to you. Is there a topic you'd like me to cover in the next episode? Take a photo of you enjoying the podcast from wherever you are in the world. Post it to Instagram. Be sure to tag me at meredithpage.me and let me know what you'd like to cover next. Thanks, guys. See you next time.